jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk, come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. This is a story of three strangers hosting an open mic. When comics stop being polite and start getting real. This is the Sick Sad Open Mic. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. and every fourth Tuesday as our Sick Sad Showcase. Brought to you by Adrian Villalone, Valerie Vernali, and Katie Carnes. See you there, angsties. I did it. I finally did it. I finally got it timed out to the weird trippy stuff. Uh, welcome to Some Call Me Tim, the show where I interview a different person every week about what they believe in. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, on MutinyRadio.fm. This is some who call me, there's some who call me Tim. There are some who call me Tim. Again, talking about personal belief systems. Today, our special guest on the program is none other than Scatoo. He is the DJ and mastermind behind Flat Black Plastic, my favorite show on the station that's every Saturday from noon to 2 p.m. A great show. Uh, if you haven't listened to Flat Black Plastic, I encourage you to go to our website at mutinyradio.fm as you might be listening to this particular podcast on that site and go to Flat Black Plastic and choose any of them because they are all really, really great. Uh, it's called Flat Black, Flat Black Plastic because it's all records. It's all vinyl. The All Vinyl Show. Our special guest today, Scotto, has like a whole wall of uh, vinyl. He's really into it. And his show reflects that. And it's an amazing show. And I love it so much. So every week there's like a theme. Sometimes he does it on a letter. Sometimes he does it on, you know, that they're all like ukulele based or you know, whatever he's doing. It's always good, though. Trust me. Look up Flat Black Plastic. Uh, he will be with us in just a moment. You guys want to know what I believe in right now, not myself and very little. Uh, I mean, I suppose I, I, I definitely believe in Mutiny Radio. I hope I do. Oh, isn't that nice little music at the end to say how we're all, everything's going to be okay. 
That was a tattoo I was thinking about getting backwards across as a chess piece uh, that said everything's going to be okay, but in pretty script. So when I looked in the mirror, I could see it. But when you looked at me normally, you wouldn't really see it. You'd be like, what is that? It looks kind of like vines or something. Didn't do that. Chickened out. All right. Well, he is in the house, everyone, in the Mutiny Radio Studios, our special guest for today. On some call me Tim. Hey, it's Scott. Come on in. He needs a little courage. Oh, bring it in. It's fine. Bring it in. We've got Scott of flat black plastic. Um, those are probably better. Those two because then I can see you and make eye contact with you when we talk. So that works better for me. Hey, howdy. It's great to have you here on an off day. On a day where you're not usually here, I was saying that you have flat black plastic every Saturday from noon to two. I believe in that show. So uh, the reason that this show is called Some Call Me Tim is from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which I don't know if you're familiar. There's a sorcerer and he's up on the thing and he asks him a bunch of questions and he says, there are some who called me Tim. And they're in search of the Holy Grail, which is you know, this religious artifact and it turns out to be just pointless at the end and it's really a documentary and there's dead people that anyways. So the, the point is like, you know, what do people believe in and why do they follow their beliefs? And, you know, in the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the belief was a ridiculous thing that didn't exist anyways. So hopefully uh, your beliefs aren't like that. So I usually open up with a question. Do you believe in Jesus? I believe that in Jesus as a, fictional character in an amazing book of fiction that has caused a religion that made more deaths possible than any other religion. Wow. I thought about that. But then why why Thou shalt not kill. Right, and is it because of is it because they want us to be like really steeped in hypocrisy? Because if you follow if you follow the fictional, if you if we follow the Bible and we say it's a fictional story, but it has good allegories about ways to live your life, some of them turn aren't the so good. Turn the other cheek. Right, turn the other cheek. And the, he was a big, I mean, Jesus was a huge communist. He was like, give all your money to the he church. He was also Jewish. He was also Jewish. <laughs> he was. Uh, I found out recently, Jewish means if your dad's a Jew and you're a Jew if your mom's a Jew. Wow, because you're Jewish. That's, That's I, I, funny. I was always like, well, I'll be there around noonish. I'm right. Jewish. Right. I'm kind of Catholicish. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's funny. There's very few things that are passed down maternally. Right. I think exactly. Hawaiian culture does that. Huh. Or is it maybe because of the? I don't. Is it the Hawaiians or is it the Samoans? I don't remember. I don't know. But I don't know. But I. I mean, I would believe in a maternal society, but it just doesn't. I mean, there'd be a lot less war. There'd be a lot, absolutely. Well, that's the play uh, *Lysistrata* that was written uh, like 2,500 years ago or whatever by the Greeks, Sophocles, I believe. And uh, it, all the women, or no, it was Aristophanes. All the women withheld sex, and it stopped the it stopped the war. And it's a play. It's an old Greek play. It's very. I'm fun. ready for that to happen now. Yeah. Well, the problem now is with all of the the personal interests and corporate interests that people have in the war machine. So when you've got like president 45 sends 33 Tomahawk missiles to Syria and he owns stock in the Tomahawk missile company, is that a conflict of interest or is that just one? Well, it's rich a, the person whole Bechtel one? thing back to 
uh, George Jr. Right. You know? He was... Uh, his fucking dad ran the fucking CIA. Right, Sorry right. for the F word, people. No, it's fine. You can swear. And 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 the whole... They all own stock in Halliburton. Yeah. So, what... I mean, then what's the difference between... So, and that's the thing. We're talking about morals and belief. I believe that war is wrong. And war is wrong or killing people is wrong? Because we never declared war in Vietnam. We killed millions of people. Right. So... We never declared war killing. in Iraq. We'll say, we'll say killing then. So it's operations and skirmishes. It doesn't necessarily have to be war. But we're using the war machine and we're using our weapons to kill people, which I find an amoral act. And yet people can still work for companies and they see themselves as moral people. Whereas I see that as a conflict of interest. Like I wouldn't be able to work for what I saw as a corrupt corporation not because of the way they did business, but because of the business they do in itself is corrupt. It comes down to hypocrisy, saying, yeah. do as I say, not as I do. Right. The Bible says, thou shalt not kill. We're going to start the Crusades, and we're going to kill a whole bunch of motherfuckers right. in honor of our God. Right. We're, the Spanish, we're coming in here. Native American people, you can come live here. If you want to leave, we're going to fucking kill you. Right, unless you want to be a slave. Uh, that was a terrible thing that Columbus did to the some of the people on the island when he got there he he hobbled them so that they couldn't leave they couldn't run away he's like, like yeah misery. we don't want it yeah just like misery <laughs> like we don't want to put chains on you but we'll just break one foot so that you can't get out of here like the chinese foot bonding right well but that was seen as like a good thing for a woman like a really rich beautiful woman would have the tiniest feet possible i've i've read some poems from Chinese women about talking about their grandmothers and women things like this and that their feet smelled so disgusting because of the binding yeah because of the binding because their foot was folded over on itself and it got like a weird like almost like a skin infection kind of thing Athlete's that would happen yeah, no athleticism right <laughs> they couldn't walk they literally couldn't but the tiniest feet were somehow beautiful even though they smelled gross I know, it's oh. so crazy. Luckily, I've never had to deal with that. What's the worst thing you've ever done to a woman? Made her cry. That's not too bad. Women That's cry a lot. That's pretty fucking bad. What, but you, what, how did you make it, her cry? Did you tell her she was ugly or were you like, you're stupid? Was it ugly or stupid? I usually neither get Neither of those. I don't remember what it was. It was when I was in sixth grade. So, so it was a girl. You made a girl cry. That's a little different. Well, we're, woman, girl, we're, we're crossing the 18 age Sure. Barrier here? Sure, 16. Is, I mean, no, I'd say woman, I'd say you have to be, an, and to be an adult woman, you have to be at least 18. I don't think I've ever done anything bad to a woman. Oh, that's really nice. And I'm probably in the minority of men who can say that. Right. Do you, uh, but have you ever, but when you, was it that you broke up with somebody and they cried when she was sixth grade? You were like, I don't like you, and she cried because she liked you? She wanted to go skateboarding or something? Well... Like I said, it was sixth grade, so it was a long time ago. The memory's kind of fuzzy. Right. I remember I was reading the uh, biography of Jim Morrison, No One Here Gets Out Alive. Uh-huh. And he was someone that I wanted to be like. Right. And he said that he made a woman cry, a girl cry. I don't remember what the age was. Right. So I thought, if I'm going to be like this dude, I might wow. do this shit. And wow, see if it patterning. works. It's like fucking magic. Right. If you make a man cry, it's fucking magic. You wow. Know? I guess. Because you make them feel well, something. Well, men aren't supposed to cry. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a 
I'm a bit effusive with the eye juice. I, I definitely cry a when lot. When my parents died, I just started crying at the fucking drop of a hat like I had fucking PMS shit, man. Wow. Did your parents die at the same time? Within five years of each other. Wow. Which That's is tough. tough. So right when you got used to one of them being gone, the other one disappeared. Well, and... Liz will get into it. Do you believe in the afterlife? I told my mother when she was dying of cancer... If she could contact me from beyond the grave, that she was obligated to do so, That's and good. I have yet to hear from her. Really? Other than she's in my dreams, as my dad is too. Huh? Well, then maybe they are contacting you. Well, it's the whole question of uh, what was like was it? Terrence McKenna said that space aliens put mushrooms on Earth to contact humans. Okay. And say this is our language. Eat this. Right. You know, fungus, and that's how we live, and this is our contact with you. Right. I don't mean to get into hippie conspiracy theory, but uh, I'm reading two books about Jonestown right now. Oh, wow. So my my thoughts on religion are semi-clouded. So, and that's interesting, because Jonestown, everyone believed in this guy. It's kind Not of like everyone, David, no. David People were trying to escape. They were trying to escape. They were shooting. They, they shot a congressman. Wow. And so they said they sold them the love, hippie, wonderment, joy, paradise uh, story. But it was also a racial thing. It was also saying that blacks and whites are equal. That's great. Which does not happen very often anymore. So it's late 70s. They're being really ultra progressive with their uh, relation with the social relations with one another bef- way before time, you know, civil rights movements. And people are following them, and then he goes nuts. What? He goes, let's all kill he ourselves. He was always nuts. He was always nuts. <laughs> but then, but where does the impetus come that, because it's the same thing as like the Heaven's Gate people in the San that Diego. That was the Waco thing? There was a San Diego thing. It was called Heaven's Gate. And it oh, was, the shoe thing? The shoe thing with the things on their faces and the little upside down triangles that Haley's Comet was passing over, and that there's a, there's a ship, an alien ship in the comet's tail and they all had to kill themselves at the same time so that their souls could be picked up by the ship. I think suicide is one of the most selfish things you can do, period. But what if you're doing it in a group? That's the thing. This whole group that makes suicide. It- it's crazy. It almost becomes like we're doing it together. We're together. We are one in death or whatever. But it's a perpetuation of a story from like even Romeo and Juliet. Why was she like I see him dead and now I must kill myself and then he wakes up and he's like no no wait I'm not dead and then she dies. I mean why is there something about there's this sort of you absolve yourself. Even Jesus once he's dead he's somehow washed clean the sins of everyone. That just that does not make sense to me. There's no proof of that. Right. With just a bunch of faith that people believe. They're like, well, they died for well, us. I, I also it. think people that believe in stuff that they don't understand are stupid people. Right. And if there's no proof that anything happened in the Bible and you believe in it, your intelligence level drops. Well, and I've seen, they say that the Noah's Ark was on Mount Ararat and they say how big it was. And it's like, I mean... I believe that he might have built a big boat, but no way two by two of every animal. Plus, but yeah, I think there's it, a lot of animals in the sea anyway, and the bugs in the sky. Like, was all the land gone? I don't believe that. That the entire earth was shadowed in water, and that everything was just come on. Not why do we have to be so 
what's the word for it? Um, when you're like all or nothing. Manipulate. Oh. When it's all or nothing, determined. Uh, Black and white. Deterministic or something. You have to be. All the earth was covered in water. Eh, probably not. But I'm saying it's a book of fiction, and that's right. a metaphor for something. Sure, sure, it's a metaphor for something. Yeah, Tower of Babel, all that fun stuff. Metaphor for something. But there, I also learned recently there there are more insects than there are humans. Cool. That's so cool. we get we, we got to watch out because they're going to come get us. We got to go fry ourselves some grasshoppers and eat them. Well, I have a theory that if I was to believe in reincarnation, then it forces my theory of autism because there if you believe like in God and the souls and the guff and where all the souls are and then all of a sudden magically one comes out and goes out through a vagina and it's a it's born. It's like there's this place where all the souls are. Point of conception. Right. When, well whenever it's my the, body. Well whenever the baby we've decided that the baby has a soul. Whether when whether it's when they're three years old or coming out of the vagina, whatever. So the soul slips into the body from this weird place in space that we have. But what I say is there's not going to be enough souls because we keep making too many people and we're repopulating at such a fast rate. So why? Where are we getting all the souls from? And this is my reincarnation theory. That we're making too many people and the souls of the animals that we've murdered and made extinct are going into the human bodies. So we've killed so many whales and they've washed up on so many beaches, which is why we have like, you know, dementia or something because they're, or that we have a certain kind of problem that's some weird cancer or autism because they're really just a whale soul in a human body. Or maybe they're an insect soul or a monkey soul. It it comes down to the question of who gets to have soul? Well, it's. I think that it's ADHD is just monkey souls. There were so many monkeys that we killed, and they're like, oh, oh, they're crazy, crazy, crazy. And then you put that soul into a person, and then they jump off the walls. And so they're like, I'm ADHD, which there was no ADHD in like 1850. Like, who had, what are they? Like Laura Ingalls Wilders in class. If you weren't paying attention, they beat you up with like a ruler. They were like, pay attention or go stand out in the cold or whatever. But when it comes down to reincarnation, when your body stops working and you die, if you get put in a pine box and worms start to eat you and shit you out, some shit is going to come from you. Something. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. Yeah. Whether it's a, a plant or sure. another animal. Or the more Why worms? do flies always are on shit? Why is that? Because they can eat that stuff. I mean, I think they eat the poo. That's what they eat. That's like a good food source for them. Doesn't seem like there's easier, not crappy smelling food. But I think they like that. It's like, it's the same thing of when I used to have a dog and we'd take him to the beach and he was a great dog. And every time he'd find death, he'd want to roll in it. Oh yeah. Dead seals. Yeah. Dead seals. Or uh, there was a dead stingray runs and, or he found some, every time we'd go to the beach, he'd find something dead, dead fish, dead something and roll in it. He just loved it because whatever these extreme smells animals are into humans. I think we bred that out of ourselves. Like we used to be into extreme smells because we used to not shower like at all. It was like a monthly shower or not even a monthly, like a yearly. <laughs> That's why they say that people would get married in June is that your monthly bath was usually in May. So by June, you didn't stink so badly. And the whole theory and 
practice of using bouquets is that to people smelled yeah people <laughs> smelled so bad that you'd hold a little a little hand of posies and sniff it because people smelled gross welcome to france right and they threw their <laughs> poop out on the street i mean i mean i guess it's easy to believe in a god when you throw poo on the street and your child dies of like you know dysentery or the pox or whatever they died of the it's also weird to see up at 16th admission that they have public showers yeah, you know, they're like outhouses, but they're showers. Right. There's a lady who started a business or a nonprofit called Lava May, L A V A M A E, and she takes buses and converts them into mobile showers. So she take a bus, she puts it outside of the uh, library once a week too, and it's two. It's basically a bus that's then converted into four different areas. There's a, there's a door and there's like a changing area with a locked door. And then there's like in there, there's a shower with another changing area. And so two people can take a shower at once and uh, it's free. And she moves it around the city to give people access because a lot of people that are questionably housed that don't want to be that way anymore. You can't get a job if you can't get a shower. Well, and you also have to share a bathroom if you live in an SRO. Absolutely. And that bathroom might be covered with blood from someone shooting up drugs. Exactly. Yeah. And what what makes you want to crap less than blood on the walls? Not right. a lot. Right. I mean, it's pretty difficult how we subject people to certain living conditions in this city and why we like turn a blind eye and let that happen. And say, oh yeah, there's ten people living in a single apartment, or oh yeah, I yeah, saw everyone sharing a bathroom. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I mean, I think the middle class is basically in the process of being eradicated. Absolutely. Do you know that that the, maybe even you told me this? No, no, no. It was Paula yesterday. The average income in San Francisco now is a hundred and five thousand dollars. The average. Wow. I know. That's crazy. And I was having a discussion with Paula yesterday. It's the only way to live in the city is to be exceedingly rich or exceedingly poor. If you're in the middle, it is really hard. That's what I'm saying. That's what's yeah. being erased. Right. So there's the ultra rich. That was what mid market used to be. Really? It was middle class. Huh. And when the tech people came and started taking over, yeah. it, they got all those tax breaks from our crooked mayor. Yeah. They still are not paying fucking taxes. Ugh. And that's the funny thing. The more money you make, the less taxes you pay, which I totally don't believe in. Why does the why do the poor have to take the brunt of the tax when we're... I mean, I really believe in flat Because they can't afford attorneys. Right. <laughs> exactly. Who make more money than anybody. Right. I mean, how many lawyer jokes are there? Too many. Sure. Well, and but it's funny because recently I've come in contact with three lawyers who are awesome. Like, there's the one guy who's going to do my um, ABC criminal case pro bono. He's awesome. Then there's johnstrausslaw.com, who gave us money for the festival and does personal injury. And they had a commercial on here for a while. And he's one who recommended his friend Francis, who's now my lawyer, pro bono. And then one of my friend's boyfriends, I just found out he's a lawyer and he's like a great, nice, awesome guy with like tattoos that used to skateboard and rides a cool motorcycle. There's exceptions to every rule. But I just met like three in the past two months where I'm like, maybe lawyers aren't so bad. That's a good sign though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I- Means you know the right people. Means I know the right people. (laughs) Uh, What other, other things you believe in or don't believe in? Friendship. Do you believe that friendship is magic? It's my little pony. I, I believe 
magic is a nebulous term. Mm. People spell it with a K to make it be all dark and shit. Right. Do you believe in magic? Yeah, John, do, 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 John do, do, Sebastian do, do. from The Love and Spoonful. Sure. I... Uh, do you believe in love at first sight? I would have to say I believe in lust at first sight. Oh! But then it can turn into love. Okay. If you... I feel like you need the lust to have the love, which is why... Which is a horrible thing to say. No, not at all. Well, it makes... It's so, barbaric. For example, I had been hanging out on the back patio of Bender's, Bender's for many, many moons. All the time, as you know. I'm always out there. This is before Jonathan and I got together. And uh, Jonathan started showing up, but I didn't really know him yet because he was always wearing brown. I thought he was like a UPS guy or something. <laughs> Not that that's a problem, but he's a gardener. He was a gardener at the time, and so he was wearing his brown. Because brown can't get dirty from the dirt. Right. <laughs> that just was their uniform that he did really great hard manual labor. Anyways, I didn't like... I might have talked to him a handful of times, but I couldn't remember his name or anything until one day on the back patio, he took off his brown shirt and I saw him in his wife beater. And I was like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and they're like, that's Jonathan. He's been around forever. And I'm like, he has? He, what? No. Who is this? And it was seriously because he, I was like, whoa. He had like a hot bod and he always had that skateboard. And I was like, who is this guy? That I wasn't interested until he took his shirt off. And then I was like, and then I went chasing after him like a crazy person. Well, I also have to say that I've been out on dates with women and have made out for them, made out with them, and then just fucking gave up. Gave up? What do you mean? It just didn't. It, it didn't did, go anywhere. It, it, you know, it's like if your car is in neutral, you can't drive it. Right. It'll roll, but. You just, you're not a move maker. You were like, but if you already made out with them, then what the, the but you just didn't want to, you just didn't know how to push the envelope. You didn't know how to it was, seal it was the deal. It was because other people I knew were pushing me to do that. Oh. That and I was like, okay, I'll do this. Right. But it's not as good as it's been before. So, and then the lady fucking called me up at three in the morning. Oof. For what, what possible she, reason? She said, Oh, I'm baking cookies. I just want to tell you I'm baking cookies. And I was just like, you're a fucking crazy lady. Three in the morning? Why would you... This is before texting? You don't even text, though, do you? I don't have a cell phone. Right, you have a landline. No, she it called was... your home phone. Yes. To tell you she was baking cookies. Yes. At three in the morning. Yes. Is that not a crazy person thing to do? That's a crazy person thing to do. I that mean, was a... Okay, let me show you If tell she you was my on example. acid, it might have been okay. Yeah, sure. But she wasn't on acid. Here, here's, here's my crazy example. When I was in college and I liked a guy, I would break into his house and I would bake cookies when he wasn't there. And then I would clean up and leave warm cookies and escape. Okay? That's crazy. Now... I did it to a couple different guys, and they were like, you're crazy, but it worked on the guy I ended up marrying. I said, he was like, that's like the coolest thing anyone's ever done for me. And Jonathan said the same thing. If, if I, I was like, if I broke into your house and baked you cookies, actually, I have keys to his house. First of all, when you break him. into someone's house, it's illegal. Right. I know. This wasn't me in college, though. This is me being <laughs> crazy 20-year-old Pam. My idea is to show him that I like him. I'm going to break into his house and bake cookies. Why not just send a letter? Because I'm really good at baking cookies. We all know that. And I didn't want to I didn't want to just like leave them on the doorstep because they could be I thought it was cute. 
No, and illegal. And illegal and a little scary. How much does cute and illegal crossover? Not very Not often. Not very often. Right. I think I think it would be uh, Japanese anime porn, tentacle porn. Sure, tentacle porn, absolutely. It's cute, it's weird. Yeah. And illegal. And it's illegal? Well, well in real life. They, they, Did you hear about the guy in uh, Japan that stuck a live eel up his butt and it started eating through his intestine? And I saw the they took so they took him to the hospital and they gave him x-rays and you could see where the eel was like in this weird part of his body. And so they pulled the eel out and the eel was alive and then it died. Oh my but God. he put it up his butt and it crawled and it, he put it in, I guess, teeth first. But the, he cited his example for doing this as watching tentacle porn. Well, I mean, everyone likes to think that pornography leads to worse things. That's basically what it comes down to. Sure. And I can't remember which comedian said this, but pornography ends to a sandwich which ends to a nap <laughs> and that was it <laughs> like you're not gonna if you know if there was also the oh, horrible but apropos stereotype of uh priests molesting children right right and being not not fired but switched to another church sure fresh fish you know oh and I- it just someone said it, if if watching pornography led to sex, then there would be a hell of a lot more Catholics around because everyone's being educated by Catholics. Right. I went four years of Catholic high school. Wow. I'm a recovering Catholic. Wow, Catholic high school. You had uniforms? This is a good story. My parents, remember busing in the late 70s when yeah. they took white kids and put them in black schools? Sure. I, I was part of that. And my parents just said, the school system is fucked up. We don't want to have to get up at five in the morning and take the bus for three hours to go across town. Doesn't make sense. And so they said, we'll send you to a private school that we can afford. And you have to do the work and figure out the school. So I, this is pre-internet. I opened up the yellow pages to private schools. And my three questions were, is there going to be ladies there? Chicks? Women, girls, whatever you want to call them. Do I have to cut my fucking hair? Right. And do I have to wear a uniform? And the first place I found, my parents could afford. Oh, that's so great. So I went four years in Burbank, California. Wow. Because you didn't have to cut your hair. No. No, there were girls and no uniforms. Yes. And you found it in the yellow pages. Oh, my God. I had, I had to go through like 30 or 40 schools before I found that one. Wow. Oh, wow, that is some commitment. You really didn't want to spend three well, hours on a bus. I didn't want to sp- spend any hours away from girls. Right, true. Fair enough. Or with short hair. Right, right. Or wearing a fucking cardigan. Yeah. The- you know? I, fe- fe- I feel that there is bullshit in life, and if you can cut that bullshit out, your life it gets a lot better. Whether Absolutely. it's not buying new clothing or... You know, donating shit to community thrift. It's so funny because I used to, when I was in high school and I lived in Danville and I ate, I believed the party line and I I ate what Danville said, which was, you're not a good person unless you look great and have real, like, I never had thrift store clothes as a child, ever. I never had a hand-me-down. Everything was always brand new. It was always, 
Every birthday, every Christmas, every holiday, it would be a new set of cute outfits. Which, and funny enough, I still have the majority of my clothes from high school, and I still wear them. Well, I was this the oldest good. of three boys. Oh, so you got new stuff too. So I got the new stuff. Right. And my brothers, two years apart, two and four years after me, got my old shit. Wow. But I still told my parents, I don't want fancy clothes. Oh, yeah. I want to... I, I, part of it was... But you were in L.A. You yeah. Didn't, you, so you didn't buy into that whole L.A. thing with... But you were a skateboarder, so you were a little counterculture. Also, I was into Chicano culture. Oh, cool. And so I said, I'm happy to wear Levi's on a white t-shirt. That's it. Sure. You know, I'm fucking James Dean. Right. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. Keep it simple. Exactly. And right. it, I think if the world, in my perfect world, people would not buy any new clothing. Right. I agree. They would not go to church. And just live. I'm not a hippie, but I understand what they're about. Right. Partially just from reading all that Jim Jones shit recently. We just need a lot less. That's the thing. That's we we as we as a culture. I mean, and I meaning United States culture. Yes, United States culture. I mean, I harp on this all the time that we have 16 million hoarders in the United States right now. That is a disease that's created. It's like hoarders are now hoarding hoarders. Right. Yeah, they have hoarders inside. Yeah, they we can't even tell because they have so much garbage in their house and all these things they collect. But 16 million people have a disorder based on excess. They have a they have a debilitating life issue where they can't live their lives because they can't their home is unsafe for habitation because of excess and because that, a stack of newspapers can fall over and kill them. Right, exactly. That freaks me out that there, I saw one the other day. I saw hoarders. A lady had spent. She had a. Her son had an accident, and she got and something out of work, and she got this million dollar settlement. She spent all of it on bears and dolls. So they're walking through her fairs. Bear, bear, b e a r, bear, like like teddy bears. Yeah. Even dumber than fairs. Not big fat gay guys. No, like <laughs> like fuzzy, huggable creatures. Well, no, so are so are big gay guys. Um, but. It was sick because every single room in our house had like four feet of bears and dolls. But if those fall on you, they don't hurt you as much as right. newspapers or but she LPs. Couldn't, it's just that she couldn't live her life. She couldn't even use any of our house because it was just filled with stuff. Stuff that she seemed to care about. And so then it even got crazier and she started believing that people were hiding, that someone was hiding in her junk and stealing her bears when she wasn't looking. So she was convinced and she had everyone else convinced. multiple mental disabilities. Right, but based on when the house was cleared out, everything's fine because obviously people aren't hiding behind her things. She can't see if she can actually see them and there's no things to hide behind. So like one problem cured the other. But it's just sick to me that for some reason we as a group seem to believe that we're entitled to this certain echelon of life standard where we get all okay for example these jeans seem brand new these were a gift from a friend who outgrew them i love these jeans there's nothing wrong with them i have pairs of ben davis that i've owned for 27 years and that i bought used 27 years ago yeah stuff that holds up but you, but you probably have the skateboarder stuff on the side, like where there's little holes in it and stuff because you walk with yes. the skateboard. I have a lot of that too and a lot of pants. 
Uh, more stitches, less riches. I mean, if we look at uh, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley in the beginning, he's got the beta pluses and they're all getting all ready with their outfits or whatever and, and more stitches, less riches. And you don't want people to think that you're poor, but that's kind of how we are now. Although in San Francisco, people wear whatever they want and some of it can be relatively shabby and they could still go work at a Twitter job where they make a billion dollars. Even when I was working at a law firm downtown, I still wore secondhand clothes and nobody gave me shit about it. Yeah. Well, but they would give me, every year they would give me a $300 Gap card. Oh, that's funny. What would you do with it? Go buy socks and underwear. Yeah, that's, I'm, I ask that every year for my birthday. People go, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, uh, alcohol, underwear, <laughs> and socks. Yeah. That's it. Not necessarily in that order. Not necessarily, right. Don't put the alcohol in the socks. No. Unless you're like <laughs> putting the alcohol in the socks so it doesn't clink together so nothing breaks. Yeah. That's fine bottles of wine and socks but it was great because some of my comedian friends that are dudes gave me underwear and it's really funny Stefan Massey gave me boy short underwear that I just love when I'm having my period because they're just that's hilarious but it's funny when you're when comedian friends give you underwear it's just funny I don't know I, well, I just it's I it's underwear. weird when someone that doesn't know you intimately gives right. you underwear okay. yeah absolutely fair enough because you know if you're when you're a dude, at least, you're a boxers or a briefs dude. Right. And if someone gave me tidy whities I would just throw them in the trash. <laughs> you wouldn't... You wouldn't... Uh, but I was born and raised wearing that shit. Right, right, right. It's just... my One of my early girlfriends just said, I want you to wear boxers. And I did. And I was like, this is a fucking longboard. Right. My life has changed. Absolutely. I'm a soul surfer. <laughs> so uh, when was the last girlfriend you had? Long time ago, maybe in a long, long time ago, nineties. Wow! So, have you chosen sort of of your own volition this monk lifestyle, this this ascetic lifestyle where you have few I, things? I and think a, a lot of it life. had to do with the woman that I loved most in my life that I moved up here to live with, and my mom dying within the same few years oh and so i associate intimacy with death oh so i'm not saying i don't have a good time all the time right 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 but right, right. i also this is a horrible thing to say but whenever it makes her seem way less attractive huh which isn't that a horrible thing to say well i mean i guess it's a truth it's one of those things where men always want to be the they want to be the pursuers instead of the pursuee. Because if you... Unless you're in the Castro. Right. <laughs> well, then it's all men doing whatever the men, whatever they do. And I don't even know how. But I've known from my own experience that when I express interest in a dude, it they're not... It lowers their interest. Guys want to be the ones that decide like, ooh, I have interest here. And if you push... When I've pushed my interest, if you on break people, into someone's house if and make cookies, <laughs> sometimes you're being the, pursued. Right, exactly. That's how guys know. Well, I'm also a crazy person, and I, but I never was asked out on a date in high school, or I. Me neither. That none of that ever happened. Even school dances, I had always had to ask guys. So I was so, sort of always the pursuer. So when people say that switching it around and the people would tell me even when I moved to the city years ago after I left my husband and I was like I want a boyfriend really badly and they're like you're trying too hard you gotta back off and I didn't get it 
Um, but it's like a game playing thing. I just believe in honesty and like saying, saying how you feel, but that just doesn't work in the world, I guess, because people don't like it. <laughs> it does work in the world, just not the world we live in. Right, 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 right. I'm sure that honesty works a lot better in countries other than in the USA. What? Why do we? Why do we love lies and subterfuge and drama? I hate drama, to be totally honest, but I feel like it follows me around. Like, I really just wish everyone could get along all the time. I, I don't like gossip. I don't like drama. I don't like it. But it's it's pervasive and ubiquitous. Well, I think, I think basically social media is gossip. Oh, God. Yeah. And you're not a Facebooker. You don't believe no. in Facebook. I believe in it because I everyone has it. Right. But I don't believe in it for me. Right. Just like Catholicism, you know? Mm-hmm. I believe in it. I just don't believe in it for me. If if it makes you happy and think you're going to live forever, go to fucking town. Give a quarter of your income to a bunch of preachy assholes. Right. But I feel like the, the one thing that I get from the Bible that is a complete lie is judge not lest ye be judged because right. all the fucking Christians do is judge people yeah yeah uh, take the take the plank out of your own eye before you discover the speck he, in your brother's eye he who has not sinned can throw the first stone yeah yeah Jimmy Carter <laughs> the last good president said that he sinned in his mind uh huh and that made him a bad person. Well, and but he was being completely fucking honest. It's it's funny because the Christians and how I was raised, it's 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 sort of a, a, a dumb catch twenty two that if you think it in your mind, then it's happened. So a lot of people who have used that excuse for why they cheat on their wives, because they're like, well, I imagined cheating on my wife, which in the Bible it says is just as bad as actually doing it. Therefore, That's I might as well just about. cheat on my wife. Because I've already done it in my head, so it's just as bad. So it's like a terrible, like which is roundabout. What, which, which is what Facebook has become. Facebook is Facebook is the devil. I think that Facebook Live is the devil right now because of what happened yesterday with the. There have been a couple suicides that have been tele, televised on Facebook Live, and there was a guy in the Philippines who hung his 11-year-old daughter and then himself. So that to make his wife sad and he talked about it on Facebook live and then did it and the worst thing is that there were over 200,000 views before it was reported and taken down (laughs) so people were watching it and passing it around as opposed to calling the authorities and saying hey a dude just murdered his daughter on Facebook live it's terrible and besides that murder and the suicide and all that stuff that's being televised Facebook just makes people feel badly about themselves. Like every There's time, There's a mental disease based on the fact that everything in Facebook is positive. So if right. you view it and your body, your life is fucked up, then you just feel like you're a fuck up. Right. I feel like that all the time because <laughs> all I see is how great everyone's doing. All the shows that they're doing, all of the comedy bookings they're getting, how, how great, great my food looks, looks. Yeah, how the great food my pets looks, look, how great my baby my looks, my ring looks, my outfit looks, how, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. It's like, I'll never be good enough. And we already know, we already know, I'll never be good enough because that's how they get money out of us is by telling us we'll never be good enough, but we will be if we buy this product. If you get the new cool jeans, then you're not going to look like a fat schlub. Everyone's going to think you're amazing. And then somehow that drives consumerism. So Facebook drives consumerism. 
Facebook is consumerism. Facebook is consumerism. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is is buying a pair of Ben Davis at Community Thrift for ten dollars over the last twenty five years. That yeah. money's going to a charity, and it's not supporting people that I don't care about. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like when you go to Benders, you know Johnny, you know Kevin, you know Dion, you know Liam. Yeah. You're supporting people you know. And if you live your life supporting people you don't know, you're kind of fucking up. Yeah, absolutely. And well, if you I can't have. figure out how to live your life supporting people you don't know, good luck to you because you're part of the problem, not the solution. Well, what is the solution besides like, love each other as ourselves and be a Jesus-like person? I'm like, not saying everyone... I don't shop at Safeway. Right. I'm saying I buy toilet paper there. Gotcha. If I want produce, I go to the corner store. Because then you're supporting the local people around you and your and own, you, and your and own they come And you community. come in and they know you. Right. Right. And if you don't go into a restaurant or a bar or a store where they don't know you, then you should try and figure out how to do that. Right, right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, but Safeway has, it's good. They're a good corporation to work for. They pay their, they pay their people really well. They have a good bakery section. I'm not saying they're bad. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's better to think local. Well, if it's smaller. if it's the same price to get it at 16th Mission at that corner store, sure. Why pay your money to Safeway? Exactly. Yeah. It's just this turn, being this more is informed. This turning into too much of a political. I know too much political. We're supposed to be talking about belief. But uh, politics but you, are belief now. Well, uh, language. I'm the deciderer. Policy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> belief. Yeah. Language. Politics. It's all. It's all belief. Language is political. We're all we're all screwed. What's so? What's the answer? How are we going to save? I mean, what do we impeach? Does it is going to matter? Do, does anything? Do you believe that the government actually has like a grand effect on our lives, or does it just a bunch of puppets and it doesn't matter anyways? And I think we went through four years, for eight years of Obama beautifulness. and I think it's like a pendulum that swings back and forth. Right. I think Clinton even though he cheated on his wife and denied it, was a good president. Sure. I feel that W. Jr. was an idiot and still is. Yeah, absolutely. I figure Carter was brilliant and still is. Mm -hmm. Did he die? I think he's still alive. But Reagan was a complete fucking asshole. Yeah. So it just swings and swings. Right, and it's funny because the Republicans always have these weird projects like Star Wars, right? So we had Reagan with Star Wars, and he believed that, oh, let's let's have a thing in the sky so that we can shoot down the missiles that they make. Why don't we just stop making missiles? Yeah. How about instead of spending money on missiles and on missile defense systems, I don't know, we fund education or whatever. Uh, but, so, but it's the same thing. So... We've got 45's got his wall, which is a ridiculous thing that he wants to spend 12, you know, billion, trillion dollars on. And it's like Republicans have these weird, like, newfangled ideas to somehow help, but by throwing a bunch of money at things. Where I'm like, just throw the money at the thing. Like, can't we just throw $12 billion to education and, and then we won't have to worry about so many illegal immigrants because everyone will actually have immigration. And not get rid of the environment, Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're entering a really dark time politically. Yeah, absolutely. And but they're doing it under the guise of Christianity, which is another scary thing. Is that separation of church and state? What happened to that shit? Well, but and then why do we not allow? We've got a Muslim ban, and they said, "Well, no, it's on these twelve countries." But it's like, yeah, it's a Muslim ban. So we're taking our moralistic and religious ideology and forcing it into the government. 
right now, I feel like, and it's, but, and does it matter? So now I'm, now I'm this weird person that every time I see someone who's covered in a hajib or whatever they're called, I'm extra special, smiley and nice to them. Like, but it's almost like, I think she's like reverse racism. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) Hey, welcome to the tenderloin. I know you've been here longer than me, but hi. It's a lol butcher across the street. They're good people. Uh, what are, what are some other, uh, big beliefs that you hold? Do you, uh, are you a vegetarian or anything? Do you believe in eating red meat? I have, I'm a sufferer from the disease known as gout. Oh, that's right. Which means I can either take a horrible prescription drug that gives me a bad rash, or I can not eat pig and not eat cow and not eat shellfish and not eat organ meat. Wow. And And then everything's okay if you just eat chicken. Or turkey. Turkey. Or duck. So There's a lot of flying animals I can eat. And what, and what is it? Why does your body not believe in the meat? Why did what did it? When did it's just it, a disease. It's a, a it's a hereditary thing I got from my dad. Hereditary disease. Yeah, it's like cancer, but not that bad. But it makes <laughs> it hard to walk, right? It's just something with your it feet. It hurts your feet, yeah. But I take uh, salt turned into a or... medical show. Yeah, I take right? tart cherry extract. Yeah. So I don't have to take the prescription drug. Huh. And I take that every day and. Uh, I cheated yesterday and had chorizo taco. Ooh. And maybe it's like romantic cheating, like it tastes that much better. Sure. If it's the strange thing that you don't eat all the time. Right. So I love the hell out of that taco. And it costs a fucking dollar. And and did your feet hurt after? Did no. you Oh, so you were okay. Good. I've also um, decided to take one week out of every month to not drink to kind of cleanse my system sure and i think that helps with the gout a lot but you're and you're not allowed to drink certain alcohols either right like well yeah i can drink cider not beer uh tequila not whiskey vodka Uh, vodka i can drink gin i can't it's just that's weird it's it's like god made this weird rule on like a 20-sided die when did this happen to you how old were you when this like started affecting your daily life or what have you probably in my mid 30s Ooh, wow and all of a sudden you were just like i feel sick all the time no no it's my foot hurts really fucking bad right and i went to the hospital thinking that i broke my foot somehow wow because i was in my mid-30s i was drunk all the time sure 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 so a lot of times i wouldn't remember crashing on my skateboard and skinning my knee and sure, I wake sure. up and my pants were covered in blood and I was like oh, oh yeah, I crashed a- last night yeah yeah and then I crashed after I crashed right and then you were like ah and then you went in and they said oh you have gout and they said you have to do all these lifestyle changes and you said yeah. okay and it, it also co- coincided with a bunch of people I know that are around my same age that got it and we all kind of pass information together wow like don't do this do this, don't do this, do this, you know, so it's... I've never seen any, like, on the TV, like, any pro-gout commercials or any, like, gout Why awareness. would there be a pro-gout Well, commercial? not pro, but, like, gout awareness or anything. I've never seen any of that, like, da na 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 the more you know. Hey, kids, like, for they do, they have them for diabetes, right? They're like, don't eat And Viagra fatty. and Cialis and... Sure. Alivia and all that shit. Right. Which a week later you see an ad in the paper for or an ad on TV saying 
that we fucked up. We gave you the wrong shit. Right. If you're having this problem, contact us and we'll sue the motherfuckers. Yeah, there's... We went through um, misprescribing drugs today on the on the previous show, and it's crazy that when people misprescribe drugs, they it could be a symptom from something like gout, and they'd be like, "Well, maybe you just need to take these pills," and you're like, "Well." Well, when I broke my leg, they gave me oxy. Oh. And that's supposedly non-addictive. Right. And I don't think any opiate is non-addictive. Yeah, no, they're pretty crazy. Did you get, did you get pretty addicted to them? Did you feel no, like no? You I stopped no? early on. I said I'd stop taking this. What you want them back? Oh wow! And they're like, no, just keep them. If if it if you have any pain, right? It's covered by Obamacare. You keep. I them. didn't even have any health care when I broke my leg. Wow! And I signed up for it afterwards. Yeah, they give you thirty days at General. Yeah. To to forgive, if if your loans or your loans, they give you the bill, and then they give you the thirty days. They say, go sign up over here. We'll give you an appointment. Better go. Yeah. Don't mess around because we'll come after you. Yeah. But they really they really are helpful. But it's incredible that the the hospital bills are so egregious. Like, I'm sure that your leg pins and surgeries would have been like what forty grand. That's what people have told me. I yeah. luckily never had to find that out. Right. Because you're, you're, we're, we're poor people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but that, and that's the thing. I don't, I, I mean, it's just, I'm like a communist. I'm like, why can't we just all be poor? <laughs> so everybody has stuff. Like we should all have access to food. We should all have access well, to but water it, and shelter. We should all have access to bathrooms. It, that comes down to socialism and the Jim Jones, temp, people's temple Right. And what kind of control the people who are putting that act together, you know? 914 people. Was that how many died in the Jonestown? 911. 911. 911. I was so on the... November 18th. 911 people all decided. Can you believe, though, that kind of belief? Like, think about that. 911 people. There were children that were injected with the poison. Ooh. Yes. So it wasn't their choice. There were there were children that were trying to run across the airfield to get to their parents because they didn't want to be there. And they shot them. Yes. Because everyone had to die because what was the what was their like impetus? They're like, well, everyone has to die because we're all our souls are going with Jim Jones. I mean, like, I understand. I don't really understand, but kind of in the Viking thing, like when a super Viking warrior died. And they, on the funeral pile, they'd, they'd be like, all right, which virgin wants to sacrifice herself so you can be with him forever in Valhalla? And then they'd take his horse, and they'd kill the horse, and they'd put that on the pyre, and they'd take this girl, and they'd all rape her, and they'd kill her, and they'd put her on the pyre. And they'd put him on the pyre, and then they light it up, and they go, okay, you're going to go to Valhalla together. You have you and your horse, and you're a dead lady. Like, I can kind of understand that as, like, a mythology, but 911 people all went, yeah, well, except for the kids that were injected, but... Someone injected those kids, which means that they were willing to take the life of their child, which yes. is even crazier than committing like suicide. So, and Jim Jones was a rapist. He we, raped women repeatedly in the back of his tour bus and in they a just, separate room, and they they couldn't say anything about it, and it nope. was just part of the until he died. He's the god, and yes, but he didn't. The father. He didn't put himself up as a godhead. Kind of. He said he was the father. You had to call him father. He, and it, well, and I also think I think he duped a bunch of black people, saying, you know, we're we're the religion that encompasses all races, right? And isn't that what all religions should do, right? 
Yeah. I'm not saying that Baptist churches are not mostly black, but I'm just saying that if you try and do all that shit and say, let's all drink this strychnine. Right. And that's our power. Terrible way to die. You fucked up. It's rat the, poison, yeah. 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 It was, I'm sorry to keep on the Jim Jones. No, thing, no. I'm interested in Jim Jones. I mean, I just, I think that, I mean, it really does all circle around belief that there are people that will, that believed that they were, that was a good, that following him was good, that listening, that changing their whole lifestyle, that giving him all their money, that moving down to Guyana or wherever it was. Yeah. That taking. South America. South America. That taking the, the, the red Kool-Aid was drinking the Kool-Aid, but they all believed that that was somehow the right thing to do. I, I just, I can't, I can't get there in my mind. Like, well, all basic religion is mind control. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And what what these books I've been reading recently talk to about socio political mind control. Oh. And that's because he created his own like community so that he ran the politics within that community. Yeah. So he was shaping their minds to shape his community. And he also had fourteen people sleeping in a room as big as this studio, not counting that side. Oh, that's where they're, they just bunk it up and all yeah. live in and there. Sleeping and sleeping in tour buses, going to L.A., going to Reno, and just... He was a bad man. He was a very bad but man. why? How did he get so many followers? That's the thing about belief. How did he get so many believers? When you say that, whom else are you talking about? Uh, well, the, all of them. The, David The person Koresh. that was put into power right now. Right. Guess, how, did yeah. how did he... Saying he's he going to grab a woman by her genitalia get 45 million women to vote for him. It's, oh, it's just locker room stuff. Right. Isn't that crazy? But you still said it, right? And you still meant it when you said it? Right. So how can you, as a conscious person, vote for someone who talks like that and acts like that? And it's, like I said, it's a dark time and we have... We, the electoral college needs to be eradicated. That's all I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Just, but that, but then my 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 dad said before that he's like, well, is you your get, dad a Republican? Yeah, he is. If you get rid of the electoral college, no Republicans will ever be elected again. And Which I was is like, why we want to get rid good, of shit. good. It's like you you and your your Californians with your one one liberal vote, one liberal person, one liberal vote. Like, why shouldn't all of our votes be counted equally? Why why can we vote for American Idol on our cell phones and we can't vote for the president, you know, at our cell phones or at an ATM or we can't call in? Like, we're such, we have such a, amazing ways to vote and to say our experiences. You know, we have all these different YouTubes and things you can click and Facebooks and Internet, and yet we can't figure out how to make an election that isn't corrupt. In its, you know, I just, I'm, I don't know what to believe in anymore. That's one of the main reasons for the show. I used to be a hardcore Jesus follower. Like, I drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the Jesus Kool-Aid. I sang the songs. I was totally into it. I was, I was even like anti. How old were you at that time? Um, child, before I was 18. I was even like, abortion is bad. Like, uh, babies are at conception. I was like one of those people that was like, go to the clinic and and stand out in front of Planned Parenthood and be like, this is wrong. Babies are real. And now I'm like completely on the opposite side. But it's because I was 
brainwashed. I mean, I was a child and I was brainwashed. By your parents? By my parents and by the church, yeah. Because uh, children who have parents that don't go to church listen to their parents, but then they see the outside world and they go, well, I can or don't have to listen to my parents. But if you're super religious and your parents say the same thing that the church says, and then you've got this whole group of people saying, yeah, what your parents think is right. That's sort of where like the brainwashing happens. Like everyone believes it. So I guess I should believe it too. Kind of thing. So I, the, the, I stopped believing that when I was 18 years old, I went on this houseboat trip and this one girl, she was so pretty. It was Lori. She ended up marrying this guy and they're still married to this day. And we had this huge fight on the houseboat because she was so smart and she kept saying, well, I want to go to college, but all I really want to do is have five kids. And I was like, what? And she's like, well, I was like, why would you want to be educated if all you're going to do is just be a baby maker? She's like, well, I want to put all of my education and all of my intelligence into my children. That's what God wants for me. That's what he, and I'm thinking like, she's one of the smartest people I knew. And she's sitting here going, I just want to have babies. Cause that's why I was put on this earth. And I'm like, you're way better than just having babies. Like, you know, they ruin your life, right? You know that they come out and then you don't have a life anymore and you're no longer important or a real person. Did you know that you have a baby and then there, cause then you bake the baby, this little entitled freakazoid. Now we do. In the back in the days, it used to be seen and not heard. Slap them upside the face and don't feed them. And that you got kids only ate scraps off their parents' plates. They just stand quietly behind their parents. Or your teeth are coming in. Let's put your pacifier in some Jack Daniels. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Get the kid drunk. Uh, but and now I'm completely on the other side of the coin. But I truly believe. I mean, I sang song to God and I I prayed to Jesus all the time. And I was even one of those people that was like. Romans, you know, 12, 1, 2, or whatever. It is no greater gift has this than if a man lays down his life for his friends. And I'd be like, oh, if a gunman came into my high school, I would sacrifice myself for my friends, or whatever. Because it was like, somehow killing yourself makes you better person in Jesus' world. I don't know. Sacrifice is somehow better than anything else. That's the other thing is I think that especially in Christianity, the fact that your job is to convert other people oh, yeah. makes it seem like a bad job. Right. You know? Yeah. There's this really... If you're a Buddhist, you're like, just be mellow, relax. Yeah, chill out. There's this really great um, documentary called Jesus Camp. I've seen that. And the little girl that goes around and at the very end when the credits are coming up, she goes up to these black guys and she's like... <laughs> do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> she like, didn't know what to say. But she... When they have that weird ha- haunted house where there's someone right. getting an abortion. Oh, yeah. So crazy. That was an amazing movie. Amazing movie. But the little girl in it who's super, super gung-ho and on fire for Christ and goes and tries to convert all these people in the streets. That's what I was like when I was a kid. It was so hard to watch that documentary because it was so close to home. Like, I was that annoying little kid that knew all the Bible verses that would walk up to people on the street. Maybe if maybe they were wearing a hajib or they were Muslim, and I'd be like, you know that God is sending you to hell because you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. My grandma, who was a devout Catholic for her entire life, went to uh, Mass on Friday night and on Sunday morning. Holy shit. All the time. And at my Presbyterian Was Christian it in school, Latin? I think she went to one in English and one in Latin. 
I think she did one of each just because she really loved God. Or she really loved Catholicism. I don't know. But That's kind of like loving God. They told me when I was in fifth grade at the Christian school that my grandma was going to hell because Catholics were a cult. Because they hadn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they still went through a priest as a go-between between their conduit from themselves to God. Whereas Jesus stood in the middle and said, no, 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 I'm the conduit between you and God. I died for your sins, so now you can talk to God. And they say, well, no, but the Catholics say that the priest is the guy in the middle who talks to God, but we shouldn't. So therefore, they're all cult and they're going to hell. That's what I was taught from my Christian school. So much for tolerance and uh, <laughs> loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, when, when I went, when I was in the Catholic high school, I was a troublemaker. And so I had to set up for mass and we didn't have a church. First of all, it's a Catholic Catholic school that has no church. That's a bad sign, or a good sign in my, in my case. Sure, sure. But so I had to set up the folding chairs in the gymnasium where we'd have mass with basketball hoops. Yeah, cool. And so I, I ate unblessed wafers. Uh-huh. And I drank unblessed wine. Well, you're getting set up. And I was just... You were hungry was, for the Eucharist. Well, no, I, was just, I was just saying like, this is the fucking punk rock shit, man. Yeah. You got to bless this shit? Fuck your blessing. Glug, glug, glug. Yeah. And those, those wafers are fucking cardboard, man. Yeah. They're, yeah, the Eucharist. One Body year, of Christ. One year I made pot Eucharist for, um, <laughs> yeah, for Easter because the sisters zombie Jesus day zombie Jesus day you're eating the body of Jesus so I was trying to go to a party with the sisters of perpetual indulgence and I brought all my Eucharist and I was trying to sell them for a dollar a piece and they did not like that they did not I'm like I'm poor because it was just money yeah they wanted they were like this is a fundraiser for for the they're like if you just want to give them to us we'll give them away to people and I'm like no 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 you don't understand I've spent hours and hours making this little tiny bread dough with pot and a Eucharist and each one was stamped with a cross like I had a little thing that I used and I was like they just they didn't they were like if you want to donate them to us that's fine but otherwise you need to leave and I was like ah oh, but it's so cute I made pot Eucharists for the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and they just didn't they didn't well, take mean, kindly to the, that the term queen exists for a reason yeah it's a lot of them think they're better than other people. I don't know. Maybe. But that, I worked in the Castro for five years. And it, but it, but I feel like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have earned that because it is a philanthropy, and they do have to wear those silly outfits and do certain things. And like, once you're sort of on the inside of like a club like that or whatever, don't doesn't that mean that they're excluding themselves from other people so they automatically think that they're at least different from other people? They set well, up their differences and whether they think that that makes them better than people or not, we could do the same thing. We could say the same thing about Mutiny Radio, that we're all better than everybody else because we do, because we're dedicated to a two-hour weekly podcast and that makes us more disciplined and therefore better people. I believe I just, I, <laughs> I just do it because I love it. I don't yeah. think it makes me better than anyone else. That's why my... Buy my records from Community Thrift, or right. just take them out of my thousands of records in my house. I, do, I do, it, to me, it's an exercise in focusing, right? Which is what religion is. It is an exercise in focusing, right? Whether it's meditation, transcendental, whatever, right. yoga, whatever bullshit you want to do. If you exercise your focus, 
then you're not fucking up. Isn't it funny how the white people totally, especially white ladies, appropriated yoga? So they could be like skinny bitches. And that the yoga pants, the Lululemon yoga pants are like $210. It's like taking a free thing that was like used as a spiritual activity and turning it into this like strange workout where people show off how they're better than other people because they're wearing $200 yoga pants. <laughs> well, my problem was when I was going to junior high in the 70s, girls wore tight jeans. Ah. And I was like, holy shit, look at that. But now I can't imagine being 15 years old and seeing a bunch of ladies in basically fucking tights. Right. They do it now, though. Now everyone's wearing the tights with the things and the show and the... It's crazy to me, too. We didn't really talk about women or sexuality, but we talked about everything else. Did you bring any records in today? I did not. I went to... Because it's raining. It's raining, too. And I also went to Community Thrift on my way here from the 500 Club, and there was a total fucking crazy dude getting tossed out wow and they were like you gotta go right now wow and i was like well that means i'm not gonna stay here right because i don't want him taking me out on his way out sure absolutely and then as i continued down valencia i heard him like blah, 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 blah. like they kicked him out he was just yelling from outside sure which is why i love this neighborhood right which is why i hate this neighborhood well he was probably just don't steal stuff from community thrift you know i don't know i don't think he was stealing stuff i think he was just like mentally unstable gotcha and he just had a breakdown in the middle of community yeah it was it was not the right place to have a breakdown right go to your tent and have your breakdown well on the bus is a good place for a breakdown depending on what kind of breakdown right you're having if you're just gonna cry the bus is a place to do it yeah but if you because then it's like you make people feel uncomfortable, but you're not making them feel too uncomfortable. When people start screaming, that's when I'm like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. That's now. why I didn't stick around. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly wanted to come here with one record that I bought just for this show. Oh, that's so sweet. I and like the impetus. That's nice. It, You know, I, I am a firm believer, talking about beliefs, yeah. that if you feel a situation is not working out the way you want it to be, then you should move away from that situation. Absolutely. It's that, it's, well, it's a, it's a Chinese, it's an old, uh, it's a great Chinese proverb from like 4,000 years ago. And it's, this man goes to a, a, a master and he says, master, what, what do you do if you're trying, you say that there, you know, there are many paths, but what do you do if you're going down a street and there's a, a horse, a kicking horse blocking you on the street? Do you, do you fight the horse? And the master says, no, you use another street. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what what did the what did the Zen master say to the hot dog salesman? Uh, Make me one with everything. <laughs> <laughs> Enlight, en, enlightened jokes. That's funny. Um, well, g- good stuff. Uh, so just so you guys know what's going on, I told you at the beginning, but this is Scotto, and he's from Flat Black Plastic. Every I'm not Saturday, from, I am. You are Flat Black Plastic from Saturday from noon to two here at Mutiny Radio. And if you haven't checked it out, go to the index now uh, at mutinyradio.fm and look up the podcasts and download Flat Black Plastic. Every single one of them is great. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. I mean, tell us some of your recent themes. You, you, you've been through the letters lately. You've been going through. I did the letters. I did... Uh... You've done the random by the door, pull I, it out. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like getting shit from community thrift because right. it's fresh to me. And 
that makes me feel fresh to play it fresh like this i've never played this record before right and i feel that that gives it an immediacy immediacy to me that hopefully will transfer to people that are listening i apologize to everyone for not saying what songs i play because i used to do that but it just took up so much time and i figured if i can play music or talk about it i'll play it yeah that's great People can figure it out. They can. I mean, if you really want it to be awesome, afterward you could post a list or something and say, "Here's what I played on this show." I feel like it's kind of cool to have it be mysterious. Yeah, absolutely. But also, then again, every person has a cell phone they can hold up to any speaker, and it'll tell you. It'll what tell song you what song it is. it is. It's so crazy to me the technology. So, and. Community. My laziness is their laziness. Yeah, they can. Well, they can get it done. Uh, Community Thrift is really great because their vinyl selection, someone goes through it, and it's not all fucked up. There's no like warped records. There's no like super scratches. It's not like someone just threw their garbage there and they put it out. Like they have a person that checks things and makes sure that it's you know viable listening material. And also, like me, if someone you know works there, they'll say we just put out a bunch of shit. Come on down Come today. On down. Yeah. And so check it's, it out. It's the inside tip. Well, I'm wondering how there's a new store on 24th Street that does vinyl. And it's a tiny, it's a store that's about the size of this studio. I know that place. Yeah. That, that was started by an ex amoeba dude. Okay. I just can't figure out how he makes money. I, he do, It seems like he doesn't have enough inventory to make money. Well, because they charge $20 for a record. Oh. <laughs> so. He's selling the concept that he's the master curator and that he doesn't need to have so many things in because everything is so pristine and perfect. Well, it's, and wonderful. Like a, it's like an art gallery. It's like an art gallery. Yeah. Of live. It makes sense. So you're like that person, except that you're not reselling it. You're doing it for free here on Mutiny Radio. I'm just playing Well, and I'm supporting charity. Right. And I'm plugging them. Yeah. And eventually I'm going to do a show that's all SF Public Library stuff. Rad. But I want my friend who works there to talk to people there and say, can we get money from the city to, to do the fund show. the show? Absolutely. That'd and cool. it's shit that I, I'm not owning. Right. I'm just borrowing and playing. Right. Exactly. So I have people come in and do my shows as guests because they bring shit that I don't have. Right. And I think... Also, they get super excited. What's your weirdest album? You have you've got weird Hawaiian music. What would you think is like the weirdest? That Vincent Price the one. Vi- I love that Vincent Price one. Guacamole. Culantru. <laughs> it's my favorite one. But I mean, there's no end to. First of all, my, the reason why my show is my show is because that that language that is vinyl was the predominant form of recorded music for the longest period of time. Right. CDs have only been around since what? 90, 80, 88? Probably, yeah, late 80s. Maybe mid-80s, but that's as far back as it goes. Right. But like late 40s, they were putting out LPs. Sure. And 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 they still are. They still are. And the, the process used to be with wax or something. Oh, wax cylinders, yeah, the Thomas Edison shit. Yeah, and then they moved it. So... Records have been around longer than, yeah, you're right, longer than 8-track, longer than cassette tape, longer than eight tracks are probably around for like 10 years. Right, but they but they were they were like cutting it. They my were dad, boss. My dad they were bitching. One. Yeah. It's <laughs> In like, our Camaro? 
My dad had a... Put it in that fog hat. <laughs> fog hat. You know what fog hat means? No, what does fog hat mean? When you're in the basement and everyone's smoking weed and you smoke enough weed, the fog gets down right here. And you have a fog and that's hat. the fog hat. That's so funny. So they were Thank you for... Named after the... wow. a stoner ritual. That's awesome. And they also had hats. The band had hats that just said fog on them. Yeah. Slow ride, take it easy. I love I love marijuana. That's that's absolutely true. So the Vincent Price one is one of your most prized possessions. Is there anything else you've been looking for for a long time that you're like, ugh, if I could find that, that you maybe had when you were little or someone else had, or you f- it's some, some legendary, like, I wanted, I've always wanted an original Beatles White Album or something like that, you know? I've always well, wanted I mean, a 1968 White I Album. I have the White Album on white vinyl. With all the pictures and the poster. I have the red album, the double record, on red vinyl. I have the blue album on blue vinyl, wow. double record. So there was a reason why in the 80s I was at Pasadena City College swap meet with a flashlight in my mouth. Wow. Because the sun had not come up yet. And they would come up to the tarps and go, so you'd just have to a, fuck with you. You'd have a, a flashlight that's amazing to find out what you could. But also, I, I never got rid of my shit. Right. You've which is why I can sell around. a record that I bought 20 years ago for a dollar for $20 now. Right. Because you just have it all still. It's all vintage just because it's still yours. Well, and just because 20 years ago, nobody was buying LPs. And and what happened? Like, is this a new gentrification thing where these cool hipster kids are like, hey, vinyl's cool. And you're like, it is. It always has been. Thanks for coming back. Like, yeah, yeah I gentrify it, I guess. Sure. What? I don't know if you can consider vinyl gentrified. Okay. I think that's a, a ge- geographical thing, gentrification. Right. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's cultural. I think it's geographical. Like, okay. if white people move into a bad neighborhood and raise the rents, that's gentrification. That's but if Devendra Benhart stops, starts buying old folk records, I don't consider that gentrification. I just figure it's like. Ultrification. Right, because they're so. What? What makes you love vinyl so much? Because it's been a part of my body and my life for ninety percent of my life. Wow. My parents would listen to CCR when I was in my mother's uterus and could see me kicking to CCR. Oh, that's funny. Before I even came out of her body. But you've never been in a band. Like, you love music. I have been in a band oh, when I was in, in okay. the 80s in L.A. Okay. I, I played alto saxophone, which there is not a lot of need for in rock bands, unless sure. you're Quarter Flash or Fear, but... Or Michael Bolton. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be involved with him in any way. <laughs> Do you have any Michael Bolton vinyl? No. What What would be, like, the vinyl that you have that would be like that, where it's like a guilty pleasure, where you're like... I'm supposed to hate them. Like, if, maybe if you had the Titanic soundtrack or something on vinyl. Do you have anything like that where you're, like, almost embarrassed to have it? I love Cindy Lauper's first record. Oh, well, Cindy Lauper's great. But a lot of people consider it... Pop. Lame. Pop crap. Old 80s shit. Sure. She-bop was supposedly about masturbation. masturbation yeah. Which I, I'm like, oh, look how progressive you are, Cindy. I lost respect for her when I, she was I, on the Donald I, Trump I, appearance, I, though. Virtually in my life in general have very little guilt. 
That's great. And people at bars, when I put them on songs on the jukebox, say, why do you play this? I say, because it's my money and I like it. <laughs> How much more pure does it get than that? Sure. You're not supposed to like it, but because I paid my money, you have to listen to it. Go put on... Um, Shania Twain or whatever the f- oh yeah whatever they keep people keep playing that Valerie song Shooter Jennings new record sucks ass what what is is that Waylon Jennings kid oh, okay and it's just, just it's on the garbage. jukebox of benders oh don't play it no I, I I'm as a gift to the customers and the bartenders why would they put it in then I think because he's Waylon Jennings kid okay but it literally sounds like cat's dying quote unquote new country oh god. Toby Keith it's stuff like that where you just play boring music but then you sang like this oh god it just it's horrible well it's it's the new but I'm not judging of, of pop music it's like hip hop when people do hip hop except that it's the pop hip hop so like Iggy but Azalea you can't argue with that uh, that outcast song hey ya oh wow well outcast that's hip hop yeah, that's hip hop, absolutely. And same with the, is that the one that shake it, shake it, shake it, like, like a, a Polaroid picture? Shake it, shake it. It is, it is catchy as fuck, though, isn't it? I, I would not ever say that that's a bad song, but I can understand why people that are hard store, hardcore gangsters would say that it's a horrible song because it commercialized hip hop. Right. Yeah, and CeeLo Green. Uh, well, they all, everyone commercializes everything now. I mean, CeeLo Green did that with that outcast stuff, and then he was on that The Voice show, and it's just so sad. What's that? You don't own a TV either, do you? I have a, a flat screen monitor that I watch DVDs on, uh-huh. but it's not hooked up to anything. You don't have internet at your house? No. Neither do I. It's, it's a time-draining thing that creates a horrible distortion of your attention span. Sure. Yeah, that's a really Which if you want to do, to go the hell and do that. I don't want to do it. Right. I put my money in the jukebox. Listen to this song. I know. I I I try to be present in the world more than I try to disengage and and be passively imbibing images. You know, cuz like even with at least with music you can create things in your head like you're listening and there's things that sort of come to your mind that you're creating but if you're watching even a video online like they give you the images along with the music and it like colors the music because instead of you coming up with the story of what's happening they passively has hat you know pass you the ideas of what they want that's why i don't like tv also dave lynch said if you watch a movie on your iPhone, you're doing the worst possible thing you can do. Right, because it's meant to be enormous. Oh, they're showing Eraserhead at uh, Roxy next week. Oh. Which I don't think I'm going to go. Well, it's going to be scary as fuck. Well, because I saw it when I was 13 years old by myself. Yeah. That's the one with the pinhead, right? The pinhead guy? No, no. Oh, you're thinking of Freaks. No, the birdies movie. No, the pinhead guy is the guy that has the pins all over his face and his head. And that's he, Hellraiser. That's Hellraiser. Yeah, it was a good. That was a good seventies movie though. But uh, no, I, I know you're talking about the pinheads. Jonathan's getting me into them because he's 
he really enjoys horror. I'm not so saying much. they're bad. I'm just saying I never got into them. Although I did like Evil Dead. Right. Uh, so what is your, um, if you're going to close us down and tell us in a nutshell all of your beliefs. Chill out. Don't judge other people. Hang out at Bender's. Listen and, to music. Yeah. When I say chill out, just relax. And if you can do something to rid your body of stress, whether it's putting your cell phone in a drawer for a week, Ooh. which I've known people... First of all, the most depressing thing I've ever heard is that there are children now who would rather lose one of their senses than their cell phone. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. That, That's awful. That was... I absolutely believe it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doubting you for a second because I know 10-year-olds with a cell phone that you can't rip that thing out of their cold, dead hands. But, I mean, the only thing that would make it difficult for me is that it's my only phone. I don't have a landline. So if I didn't have a phone for a week, I mean... Your life would be way the hell freer. It would be nice, but then, I mean, I'd have to take a week off of work because otherwise things would fall apart, like... People text me all the time from the station and they're like, everything's broken. And it's like, because the quarter inch is out of that box and they can't figure it out or they're, or like something else. I mean, it's been happening. Like they couldn't get the phone to work and they were all pissed off. I didn't, I put my phone away this weekend and I didn't use it at all. It ran out of batteries. So I got a message on Monday morning and it was from a show here at eight o'clock and they were like, we can't do the phone calls. We don't know how to do it. Where are you? Why aren't you answering your phone? But like a couple weeks ago when I couldn't figure out that computer, I just did my show and I felt a weird sense of freeness. Like, I don't know if this is going to be archived. Sure. And that just made me act differently and play differently. Huh. And it, I'm saying if you can pay attention to what's around you instead of what's on a screen, yeah, then you will be happier. Happy! It's got, you know, it's just... Simple is happy, I agree. I'm not saying you have to build a tiny house and live in a tiny house. Right, right, no. I know. You, know, yeah. you could, but you don't have to. But right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you can simplify things, whether it's not having internet... Not having cell phone, not right. having a car, not having car insurance. Right. I yeah. I'm on. I'm on page with you. Yeah. It makes you. It causes less stress. There's no parking tickets. It's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Not having parking tickets in your life is just a beautiful weight lifted off. I don't know if it's still this way, but when you move, when I first moved here in '89, it was cheaper to park on the sidewalk than to double park. Wow. <laughs> I always thought that was fucked up because people are always parked in front of my door and I couldn't get in my house. That's so funny. Well, we, I mean, it, I'll double park with Jonathan as long as we're in the car and we're waiting for a space. We get as close to the other spaces as possible. We put the hazards on and we hang out. And then we don't like leave the car. We don't like double park and leave the car. I would never do that. Because that's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up for everybody. I mean, I'd it's say, fucked up for your car. To leave your car. <laughs> well, that's so funny. Somebody, look, I was walking to Bender's yesterday, and I went by that church that's right before Cap Street, and someone had left their car running. There's nobody in the car. There's no. The keys are in the ignition. There's no one in the car. The church door isn't even open, and I walk by, and that's I'm like, why you, "That's when you get a, a piece of paper and write, please steal me,' and put it under the." Yeah. 
Well, I don't know how to drive a car anymore, so I couldn't steal the car if I wanted to. But like the the car. Was how do you how do you lose the ability to drive a car? I haven't driven a car in ten years. I don't. I haven't done it. Me neither. But I don't know how to do it. I had to move. I tried to move. Jonathan's car was here, and the street sweeping was coming, and I had to run out, and I was supposed to move it, and I couldn't figure out how to do the car, and so I had to come back in here, and Zach Wiseman was sleeping, and I came in screaming, and I woke him up. I'm like, I think you know how to drive a car, and he's like, Yes, I do, and I was like, Are you drunk? He's like, No, but it's just across the street. So he moved it for me, and I I couldn't because it was manual transmission, not automatic. No, I know how to do a manual. It was automatic transmission. I just didn't know how to use... I didn't know how to do a car. I couldn't make... First, I couldn't figure out how to make the seat go up. And then I was like... I tried to scooch my butt up so I could do the pedals. But then because I used to have an automatic car, I was like, oh shit, there's two pedals. So I'm like holding on to the thing really closely. And I'm looking behind me for the street sweeper and the little lady with the, with the tickets. And they write the tickets. And I'm freaking out. And I'm trying to figure out how to do this. And I couldn't. It was like I was so stressed out. And I have no idea to do in that moment. The only thing I could think of to do was to ask someone else to move the car. Because I just didn't feel like I knew how to drive a car. I mean, I probably would have hit another car. I wouldn't have been able to parallel park. I know that for a fact. Like, so. I was so happy when I took my driver's license test in San Clemente, California, home of Richard Nixon, the White House West. Yeah. That they did not make me park parallel. Wow. I always thought that was going to be like when I fucked up the test up. That's, I, I just can't parallel park. Do you remember that taxi episode when uh, Tony Danza is taking his driving test? And then Jim Ignatowski, Christopher Lloyd, is sitting just outside. And he goes, "Hey, hey, Jim, what do you what do you do when you get to a yellow light?" No, no, it's Jim who's taking the test. And then Tony Danz goes, "Slow down." He goes, "Hey, Tony, <laughs> what do you do when you hit a yellow light?" He goes. Slow down. Hey, <laughs> Tony. It's got to be the Christopher Lloyd character, right? That's funny. That guy. show, I used to watch that show and Cheers back to back before I went to sleep in high school. Nice. They showed it from 11 to midnight. I used to watch Quantum Leap before I went to bed in high school. Dean Stockwell. Yeah, I loved Dean Stockwell. Loved Scott Bakula. Loved Quantum Leap. I've seen every episode of Quantum Leap. Absolutely. Did, did you ever see that show that um, Ray Romano and Ray Scott Bakula did together? Like men of a certain age? No, I didn't. I didn't see it because I, I hate it, Ray Romano. I just don't like him. I don't like, and I love, I hate. Because his stand-up Everyone sucks? loves Raymond. No, not everybody loves Raymond. Everybody hates Raymond. I, I just, I never thought he was funny. I never, I've never enjoyed him at all. Is it, is it his nasal voice? I think it's partly that. <laughs> and it's partly his, I, it's, I really don't like sitcoms have to be actually funny for me to enjoy them. When they're just like, they're when they're too moralistic or when they're, not edgy enough and when they're just like you know ha ha look at my mom she's silly like I don't know I just I never liked everybody loves Raymond I I, I hate what about her. Roseanne I loved Roseanne yeah I, I mean for a while not forever she started once she got that so once she started in the storyline they started having her work in the diner and they had the lady with the red hair who's a lesbian be like 
her friend or whatever, they changed everything and I stopped watching it. Once the kids got too old and she was working out of the house, that's when the show fell apart for me. And I was just like, ugh, fuck Roseanne. But What about Mama's house? Mama's house. That was the one with rerun. And no, no. no. That, that was uh, What's Happening. What's Happening. I loved What's Happening. I don't remember Mama's house. That was a lady from the Carol Burnett show. Oh. I remember 227, but she wasn't from the Carol Burnett show. That was Jack A. Hooray. Jack A. Yeah, two two seven with, and the, the one connection that San Francisco has with that show two two seven in the eighties is Barry Sobel, was the weird dorky nerdy neighbor, and Barry Sobel is a, and he was also in Revenge of the Nerds too or something. He's like a local comedian guy who. I remember that name. Yeah, he he's tried to come here and do shows here and do stuff, but it's funny and you'll talk to him and he's like, yeah, I, I wasted my entire life. I put it all up my nose. He's like, I had everything. He's like, I was famous. I was on two, I had my own sitcom. I had movies. I was, I had an agent. And he's like, look at me now. I got nothing. And he did a show a couple of years ago at the Great American Music Hall. And they were like, he rented the oh, whole thing up? out. Stand up and other things. He rented the whole thing out. There were like 40 people there. And half the people left halfway through. Holy shit. Yeah, it was bad news. Damn. But he just didn't, I mean, I, I don't know. It's what happens to, I mean, it's fame. He had all the fame, and it all went away. Well, and so did Leif Garrett and Danny Bonaduce and all those people. Right. All the child actors. Is it better to never have fame at all? Or is, I mean, is it better to, well, I think to it's, hunt it's, it and lose it? It's like eating good food or drinking good liquor. Once you have it, you go, wow, that other shit sucks. Right. So yeah. I think if you don't ever become famous... And I know people that became really famous that paid girls to drink their urine out of the woman's shoe for $200 just because they could pay that. And that was the way they got off. Interesting. That's a super... To demean, but to demean, you're not getting enough through your own fame. You still have to demean other people. In a way to make yourself feel better. How much money do I have that can make whatever I think happen? Right. Hello, 45. Right. There was a movie about that where they, this guy had money and he was trying to get these two guys to do things and then it was awful. It was like, what would you do? How much, what would you do for money? And the guy cuts off his finger or whatever, you know, and there's a bunch of things that happen. To bring it back around to belief, there was a point where Jim Jones was offered $5,000 to sleep with a woman and he was married, not to that woman. And she said she would give him $5,000 for his charitable orphanage movement. Because she wanted to sleep with him? Yes. And he said, how can I turn these children down for this money? Wow. That's how much of an asshole Jim Jones is. Well, was. if somebody... I mean, this is an interesting moral question. Like... I, I love my boyfriend very, very much. I think he's an amazing human being, and I would never want to do anything to, like, harm our relationship. But how much money would I have sex with another person for? I mean... With his okay. With his okay. Yeah, I definitely have to have his Which okay. Which would probably be no money. Well, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if he'd be... It's like that movie where they 
tried to pay the million dollars for Robert Webford to sleep with someone's wife yeah. and then it ruins their relationship and everything falls apart. I'm like, a million dollars? It's just sex. Everybody fucking stop freaking out. I, I mean, a million dollars? I'd probably but do it for 50 grand. I'd have if, sex with If someone said to your significant other, I'll pay you $500 to fuck me and she is a woman, would you go, no, 500 you can't isn't enough. I, it would have to be... But what, what what level do you place that responsibility of monetariness? I'd say 10 grand because then the two of us can go on an awesome cruise together. Like an awesome cruise and not even have to worry about it. 10 grand, tax-free. Big, but big cruise. During the cruise, you'd be thinking, I just fucked this dude or... He, I, I wouldn't. Lady. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have that big of a moralistic issue with it. I'd be like, I did it for money. Now we get to go on this cruise. It's not. I obviously don't love that other person. I, you know, if they wanted to have sex with me, whatever. I was married. I had sex with a person I didn't want to have sex with for years. Like I don't. It's. I don't. Maybe for girls, it's not a, as big of a deal because our bodies are so commoditized anyway. That but it, it comes down to basically. What portion of religion is responsibility? Right. That's the basic thing we're getting back to. Sure, sure, sure. From square one. Are you responsible for giving a quarter of your income to the Catholic Church? Right. Are you responsible for... Not thinking about fucking ladies you see walking down the streets? I just don't even think that sex is that big of an issue. I think that the church brought sexuality into things because it's the best and easiest measure for control. And it's the most fun thing you can do. Right, and so reading. if you control people's sexual abilities and habits, then you sort of control them. And it's the same thing that why why are women's uteruses still in the news? Why are we still defining whether them whether they have the ability to decide if they want to be pregnant or not? And why are people still firebombing Planned Parenthood? Right, because they're because they believe that it's moralistically wrong somehow to kill a baby, and they feel that it's their responsibility. Right. To defend their religion. It's, it's you should not have a religion that you have to defend. Right. That's why I think that when you talk about religion and you talk about Buddhism, it's a philosophy, it's not a religion. You don't have to go out and say, you have to become a Buddhist or I'm going to kill you. Right. Yeah. It's a, And it's focused, simple living, you know? It's training your mind and training monks can do amazing things through their meditation they can change their heart rate they can they've also set themselves on fire in honor of the vietnam war and they've lived buddhist monk yeah you never you never seen that rage against the machine cover that i have but i thought that he i thought that maybe someone lit him on fire because they didn't like himself on fire he set himself on fire and he was not the only one there was i just watched but they lived because they somehow they're like shadrach meshach and abednego no they weren't dancing in the flames like because god saved them no they just burned and fell but they did it as a sacrifice so then then again why they did it as a protest not a sacrifice but the protest is meaningful because it's sacrificial right so why do we put so much strength on sacrifice because that's like the whole Jesus thing. He sacrificed himself for your sins, that he was blameless, that he was perfect. And that's where, you know, a lot of mommy guilt comes from. I sacrificed my life for you. I didn't and ask you. to be born. Yeah, right. That's the best thing you're going to hear as a mom. I didn't, I didn't ask to be born. Yeah. Wow. You're not the boss of me. Oof. What's the worst thing you ever said to your mom when you were growing up? Do you remember? Probably fuck you. Ooh, yeah. 
I slapped my mom once when I was 17. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was... In the face? In the face. Oh, my God. Yeah, big, big, big mistake. Yeah, she hit me back, but I deserved it. I was really mad about something. I don't even remember what it was. I think it... I mean, and I, it might have been something over as trivial as the TV. As watched, I didn't get to watch the TV show I wanted or something. And I do, slapped her. Do we have her. time for one short mom yeah, story? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Okay. Uh, when I was in junior high school, my mom came to the school and went to the principal's office and said, get my son out of class. And... She took me out of class. I went to the principal's office. I was, she walked me to the car and I said, what's wrong? Is, is dad dead? Wow. What, 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 what's wrong? She said, we'll talk about it when we get to the house. And we had, we lived in the Santa Monica Hills of LA. And so there was wild mint growing and I dried it in the oven with the pilot light and put it in a baggie. Mint? And, and put it in my like in the weird area of my bunk bed that I shared with my brother. Right. And she took me home and I was like, what's, what's going on? She's like, we'll talk about it when we get home. You're freaking out. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. And then I come into the kitchen and that bag is on the kitchen table. And she says, what do you think that is? I said, well, it's something you're growing in your front yard. It's something that I dried in your oven. Did you smell it? She goes, I don't need to smell it. I said, Mom, please smell that. And she smelled it and she went, this is mint. I said, that you're growing in our front yard. Thanks for the day off of school, Mom. <laughs> and then she said, well, have you ever done drugs? And luckily at that time I had not. So I could tell her honestly, no, I've never done. Well, do you know people that do drugs? Yes, I do. They're my friends. Yeah. And she's like, well, tell me if you ever do drugs. I was like, okay. Did you tell her when you did drugs? No, because oh. I, I moved up here in the 80s and... Right. She didn't care that much anymore. Did you go to college? I went to CSUN in Northridge and graduated with the BFA at San Francisco State University. Cool. Right on. A BFA. The, the degree that gets you nothing. Right, right, right. I have an MFA. I know exactly how that uh, yeah. works. It doesn't, it's you can become an art teacher and that's about it. Yeah, Or exactly. a critic. Or a critic. Yeah. Well, you could always, you, I mean, you have a degree. You could always substitute teach. Wow. It's always a thing. Or not, you know. I feel like telling people what to do is not what I want to do. Right. I get to tell the kids what to do today. Five o'clock, we've got the kids club radio. I teach the kids. So everybody, again, you need to listen to Flat Black Plastic. If you haven't done that, then you your life is not uh, worth living. You might as well go to Jonestown and drink the red Kool-Aid. You no, must don't. listen to no. Flat Black Plastic every Saturday from noon if to you ca- If you can't listen to it, Go to Community Thrift and buy an LP. And if you have a record player, play that and realize that that matters. It matters. Yeah. Flat black plastic matters. Yeah. And you have your, and to look around town for all of the stickers and lighters, the handmade 
cool stickers and lighters, uh, all with flat the flat black plastic stamped logo. Memorabilia. Memorabilia. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thanks for being here today on Some Call Me Tim. This has been it was enlightening. A, the, the pleasure was almost completely mine. Yay! What else were you going to do today? What do you usually do on a Wednesday? Well, there's a song that I like about... It's written by a woman named Mary Gauthier. And it's called I Drink. <laughs> and she says... Birds fly, fish swim, and I'll drink. <laughs> and so when I go to 500 Club every other day, I play that song. That's funny. And it makes me realize that more than women, literature and liquor give me more pleasure than almost anything in life. Huh. And I'm I'm looking for Miss Right, not Miss Right Now. Right, right. But it's been a long time, so who knows? Probably aren't going to find her at Bender's. No, <laughs> that's not why I go there. I know. I, well, I found. Uh, then you should hang out on the back patio more because the back patio is where all the love finds happen. There's a couple I know. I know of. I know of three relationships that are good that all started long lasting. Well, they two of them are starting to be long lasting. Mine is three. I'm, we're coming up on four years now, Jonathan, and, and we met in the back patio. And uh, it's just hard to be out there and not get super high. I know that's why we're all out on the back patio. But I mean, I'm I'm trying to be more of an eater, not a smoker. Gotcha, gotcha. Just I feel it's more efficient. Well, so we'll we'll close out with this. If you wanted to believe in the perfect woman, she would have these five characteristics. So we're going to do a little dating game here at the end of Some Call Me Tim. You're looking for a woman who is blank, 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 and blank. Just have really big legs. Big legs, like because she runs or because you want her to skateboard or because why big legs? You want her to That's give her a piggyback? One of my, one of my things. I, I, I think like it's an big. R crumb thing. You like, like, thick thighs. All yeah. right? She has to have big legs. She, okay. has to like, she has to like jazz music. She has to like jazz. Boobity-boo. That's a breaker right there. Boobity-boo. Gotcha. Oh, well, I kind of like Kenny G. Fuck you. Right, 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 right. Fuck you and your fucking Kenny G bullshit. She's got to like jazz. All right. So you've got... But I'm talking like 30s to now. Sure. Uh, She has to be funny. Funny. As a motherfucker. Sense of humor. Sense of humor number Sense three. Humor. Big legs number one. Sense of humor number it's not, three. It's, it's not in... I'm just... No, you're just... Yes, it's you, not in order. You just brought this. I Absolutely. didn't prepare no, this. No preparation whatsoever. Uh, she has to be smart. Smart. All right. Yeah, I'm, now, it doesn't... She doesn't have to be technically educated, but she has to be smart. Street smart street is smart. Street smart is smart. Exactly. Fair enough. You know, there's different levels of smart, but... Street smart is good smart. Sure. Uh, is that four? I've got four out You've of five? You've got four out of five right now. Uh, she has to be a rich-ass lady. Rich? <laughs> no. Money! No, no I'm just kidding about I that know. one. Yeah. Uh, what, the number four? Uh... Number four was, you just had, you had big legs, must love jazz. 
uh, smart, smart. That was funny. Funny. F- sense of humor three. F- smart number four. Number five is. I'm sorry about this awkward pause. No, there's. It's fine. We've got. There's music playing behind. We're fine. Trying to find not uh, some people. One of the comedians. He has a joke where he goes. You know, I just want a girl with the, uh, you know, big old titties. You know, like just big, big old titty. And he like says it for like five minutes. So really what I'm looking for, what I'm looking for, what I'm looking for is big, big old titties. But, but you know, when I think <laughs> when I think about people like that, I think about uh, one of my favorite authors, Jim Carroll. Mm-hmm. He was just like, that's just adornment. There's no, that that's. There's right. no dampness there. Yeah, the boobs just make the sense of humor that much sweeter. <laughs> so we've got... <laughs> I can't, you can't think of a fifth. It's okay. You're not a superficial guy. I mean, you're you're looking for smart... Just to live near me. Je- there, good. That, that's perfect. No, exactly. Like, in, it's too hard if people she live in She has to live in this neighborhood, in the yeah. sunny mission, in, Cal- in California and San Francisco. Right. And she has to have lived here for over 25 years. Well, that's the sixth thing. That's an addendum. So you've got local for over 25 years, jazz lover, big legs, smart and funny. These are not too difficult to find. Well... When you see her, let I'll, me know. Yeah, now I know. <laughs> you have any? Do you have any age range issues? Uh, I would say between eighteen and sixty-seven. <laughs> eighteen and sixty-seven—the <laughs> whole gamut. Yeah. No, there. I think. I. Uh, I've never seen a seventy-three-year-old with big legs. <laughs> no, you haven't been to the right places. <laughs> You've never been to the Big Leg Conference. Oh yes, in Redwood City. Big bottles, big bottles. <laughs> Talk about bum flats. My girls got them. Drop me out of my head. How could I leave this behind? <laughs> Spinal tap for people that. Are... I love to sink it with my pink torpedo. <laughs> it I, you know, I was like in that movie, song. right? You were in. I was Spinal, Spinal tap? tap. Yes. What? They filmed that at the record store down the street from my house. What? That's crazy. And there's one section where you see me looking through records, and I look right up at the camera, and I look back down. I spent four hours in that record store. It's called Moby Disc. Moby Disc. And you got to be an extra. That's so cool. They it wasn't extra. It was, they, they were just open. Oh. And they didn't close down the shop. They just said... Whoever's shop, here, shop. Oh, yeah. And I was like, "That's wow. the dude from Letterman, that bald dude." Wow. Will you kick my ass? Will you kick this ass for a man? <laughs> I didn't know who any of the the band was, right? Because they were just they doing well, they were dressed up SNL. weird too, yeah. Well, and he was Lenny of Lenny and Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, but it was hard to recognize him with that blonde wig. Sure, Michael McKeon. Uh, weird place to end, Michael McKeon, uh, and uh, about the the lady Christopher that you're Guest. For, Christopher Guest. But this was a lot of fun. We never we've never gone two hours on the show. Usually it's just an hour, but and then we play we usually play pervert fervor. But he didn't send me a pervert fervor anyway, so this was perfect. So you're saying people are less boring than me? 
Well, I don't think you're boring at all. We just went for two hours, and that's like that's unheard of on some Call Me Tim. So we'll see. We'll see what people how they how they listen to it. But what I will tell them as uh, we leave right now is that thank you for listening to some Call Me Tim. Uh, we had Scotto today of Flat Black Plastic. You need to go download his shows right now. They're amazing in the index on the MutinyRadio.fm website. Uh, get to those. Listen to them all the time on your whatever device that he doesn't have because he's playing I guarantee you if you don't plastic. like one you will like another one yeah absolutely I, I think they're all great they're as different as snowflakes and the, some of them are weird and soundscapey and like must love jazz <laughs> alright <laughs> big legs and big legs and jazz uh, thanks again for joining us Join us next week with special guest Mike Scott. Uh, used to be used to have a show here on the station. Uh, he's actually uh, a really good friend of mine. Just got married. We have a lot of things to talk about. Thanks again for joining us. Bye bye. Thank you. He goes back to sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. And looking- oh, I don't want that. That big legs thing just came. If you're like me, <laughs> you're probably wondering. Should I inject bleach into my eyeballs with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Statistics show that no. No, you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle. Paid for by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. 
So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> We are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. Well, why, that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question. Absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also Tuesdays. check us out on Facebook at Unleash the Rain. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds.
This is the story of three strangers hosting an open mic. When comics stop being polite and start getting real. This is the Sick Sad Open Mic. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. and every fourth Tuesday as our Sick Sad Showcase. Brought to you by Adrian Villalone, Valerie Vernali, and Katie Carnes. See you there, angsties. You're standing on my neck. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. Yes. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 